Welcome into the 190th episode of the Young Terps podcast. Mason Viner alongside Jack Rothenberg. Going to talk a little bit today about Maryland's win over Kent State in the Terps' big Friday night tilt against the number five Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Jack, let's get right into it. Maryland beats Kent State last week. You were out there at College Park. What's some things that jumped off the page to you? Yeah, like always this season, it's been Leah and the passing offense. He was 31 of 41 for 384 yards and three touchdowns. Just another great day overall for him. But also another thing that stood out to me was the defense. Jordan Mosley led the team with seven tackles, but it was the defensive line and the linebackers' ability to get pressure and get sacks. They totaled five sacks on the day, and it's been big for this team to be able to get pressure, especially on third downs, to get get the defense off the field and turn it over to this explosive offense that we've been able to see through four weeks so far. Yeah, Jack, and you really hammer home one of the points that I've been looking at, which is Brian Stewart's defense, this aggressive attacking defense that Coach Stu has always pitched. It didn't work as well the first time he was at Maryland. It seems to be working better with the upgraded talent and size that this defense has. The Terps now leading uh, the conference in sacks. The 37-16 to 16 win over uh, the Golden Flash leads Maryland to 4-0 and for the first time uh, in a while. And and Jack, I have to agree with you. Leah and this offense seems to be clicking. It was a little bit slow at first, but they got it going. And something that Mike Loxley said after the game is it's great to be 4-0 and feel like you're not playing to your standard. I think that's big for this program if they're at this point, yet they're disappointed with the way they're playing. Yeah, and it's great to know that they have room for improvement, especially when we're coming up on this big game on Friday. If they already played four games, they don't feel like they're playing up to their potential. Maybe this big game, this big crowd environment, all this lead-up will bring the best out of them and hopefully make some magic happen on Friday. Well, it definitely didn't last time they were in a spot like this a couple of years back. Um, but I think this is a different team for a lot of ways. And one of them is they've set a standard for themselves and they're public about that standard, that they need to play up to reach their expectations, not just the fans, not just the scoreboard. It's about doing everything right. And uh, a moment that I kind of wanted to focus on and definitely wanted to bring up is Targib still did an Instagram takeover of Maryland football's Instagram yesterday. And he had one of the players do like a coach Loxley, like their best coach Loxley um, impersonation. And, you know, immediately there right after the, you know, you guys got to fight through the fourth quarter and yeah, they're making fun of coach Loxley and you got to live up to that standard, but it's good to know when they think of Coach Loxley, they think of finishing the game off and playing to that standard and reaching the goals that he knows that they can reach and they know they can reach this year. That seems to be his MO, and that seems to be what the team is living up to. Uh, another spot that I think we're starting to see an upcoming player in is the run game. Colby McDonald uh, gets 44 yards for the Terps on nine touches. He's their second-leading rusher. Are, do you think McDonald's going to carve out a bigger role for himself as the season goes on? Yeah, you took the words right out, of, right out of my mouth, actually. I was going to bring him up in a little bit. He was one of the running backs that stood out to me in that Howard game when I feel like every single running back on the on the team got a carry. I really liked that he got uh, more action on Saturday against Kent State. I think he showed a lot of great burst, ability to find holes. Cutting was great. Like you said, nine carries for 44 yards. He, he had a 20-yard rush in there, too. I think he, he can be a guy that, 
Maryland can rely on so we don't have to so they don't have to just keep feeding Tayon Fleet Davis. They can mix in Cody McDonald and as well as Isaiah Jacobs. Yeah, and I think McDonald's has a factor that J- uh, that Jacobs and Fleet Davis I think are a little bit lacking in, which is explosiveness. You mentioned the 20-yard run and, and Fleet's made some big plays. I, I like the way that Tayon Fleet Davis is playing, but he's just not that Jake Funk, Ty Johnson, Lolo Harrison. Uh, Anthony McFarland, Javon Leak level of explosiveness. I think McDonald is closer to that. He's not quite Anthony McFarland, but I feel like they need a player, especially on some of that swing pass action that can really break one. And Isaiah Jacobs was supposed to be that guy, but we just, let's face it, we have not seen that out of Isaiah Jacobs or Penny Boone yet. I think Boone can be that big time power back. Loxley really limiting his carries. He's had the injury and fumble concerns this season. So you start to look at guys like McDonald and, and you know, Jacobs to see who can make that big play, see who can make a name for themselves, because you know what you have with Fleet Davis. The rest of it seems to still be a bit of a question mark and an area that I'm looking uh, for a big player to come up. Maybe it's this Friday, maybe it's later in the season, but they have to figure out what's next to running back. Yeah, and one question I have moving into this Friday is in this big game, obviously in the past with that Howard game and the Kent State game, that's different than going up against a team like Iowa. Does Loxley have the confidence in Colby McDonald to play as well as he has in the past up against a good defense, a good team in Iowa? It's just something to look out for and see this upcoming week. Well, the other thing is, are they planning on redshirting Colby McDonald? Because if they are, I doubt that we see him on Friday and we'll see him maybe two more times the rest of the year. If they aren't planning on redshirting him, I feel like he'll get start to get some touches as we enter Big Ten play, he's not going to be their workhorse running back uh, unless he really shows out. But I think Locks is a guy that believes in his players. I said that last week about the kicking game. I said it with Bruce on the radio. Mike Loxley believes in his players. There's no doubt in my mind that Coach Loxley, the players that are on the field are guys that he believes in more than, even more so, I feel like, than their skill set. He's all about bringing the best players, but he's really about the attitude of this team. I think he's seen year over year that his emphasis, what he sees as important, the rest of his organization feels important. They take that to heart. So I think there's a lot more evaluation going into the guys that are on the field, who gets the playing time, who's the starter on the depth chart, because it all matters. And that's something that I don't really think we've seen at Maryland over the last couple of coaching staffs is everything matters. Doing everything right gets you the results that you're looking for. And I feel like this Maryland team may not be perfect in that manner, uh, they're definitely not perfect on the field with some of the penalties they, they've been um, committing, but they're definitely better. They're taking steps in the right direction towards having that organizational accountability that it takes to run really anything successful, but especially a football team with a bunch of young guys on it. Yeah, definitely. And one more thing I want to talk about with this Kent State game before we move on to this week is we were talking on last week's podcast about Jay Sean Jones and if he could be that third guy in this receiving core for Maryland. He actually led the Terps in receptions on Saturday, so I wanted to get your take on what you thought on his performance and the fact that Rakim Jarrett wasn't really used as much. So I just want to – what do you think about that? Yeah, I was almost glad to see that it wasn't all Jarrett and Demas. Demas is just a baller. I think he's going to be a big-time wide receiver at this level. I think he's on his way to a near-All-American season, if not an All-American season right now, another 100-yard touchdown performance for Dante Demas. I was glad to see Jay Sean step up and be that secondary target for the Terps. I think Penn State was really focused in on taking away number five 
uh, in the black on Saturday. So guess what? Number six in the black on Saturday stepped up and got five catches for 78 yards. That's Maryland's attack. And, and I was, again, glad to see that a team took away one of these guys where Maryland just wasn't targeting them as much and seeing who would step up as the next guy. Jay Sean did that. His route running, I feel like, is at a pro level. His game might not be there, but that one facet of his game, those over-the-middle routes, those sharp cuts, he's all about that, and he can make big-time plays in the receiving game. Great to see that Jay Sean stepped up. Daryl Jones and Brian Cobbs also had catches in this one. Uh, it was it was good to see some of those secondary targets in the receiving game uh, get going, and, and when we get to our keys, I'll definitely chime back in on the receivers. Yeah, definitely. I agree with everything you said. And now moving on to this week with Iowa, obviously a big game going against the number five team in the country. Something that really stands out to me, we've talked about this multiple times over the past couple of weeks. This has that feel of that Penn State game a couple of years ago, but in a different way because we feel that this is a different team. There's a different energy around this squad. And sold out stadium, blackout. I think it's going to be a huge game. I remember last year, or two years ago actually, sorry, with the Penn State game. They actually brought in extra stands behind the student section. So I'm interested to see if they do that again because of the expected crowd. So what are your initial thoughts on this weekend? Yeah, my initial thoughts on this weekend is this is a big time football game for this program. And I said it last night. uh, I got to be on the Hawkeyes and Tallboys podcast with a couple of Iowa guys. Great show. I put it up on my Twitter and on TerpTalk.com. Make sure to check that out. Um, we talked about this a little bit. This is Maryland's moment for me. And if you go back a couple of years ago, I was talking to the former co-host of this podcast and, and my brother, Jordan, last night. And he said, well, it's different in a lot of ways. And the one that you have to focus in on is that Maryland team a couple of years ago lost to Temple. They lost all their momentum. This year, they won that those games coming into this. They beat Illinois. They beat Kent State. They beat Howard. So in a lot of ways, for me, this is your true moment. There aren't going to be 20,000 Iowa fans in the crowd like there were a bunch of Penn State fans. The game's really not going to be sold out all the way. Maryland has now given additional student tickets uh, up in 302, which is the rightmost towards Gossett football team house, upper deck section. They've already have all their student tickets claimed. It's going to be that big atmosphere. It might not be all the way a sellout, uh, looking like a crowd of about 50,000 instead of 54,000. Uh, Maryland needs to finish strong, especially in the lower deck, uh, opposite side of the Maryland sideline, ticket selling. They they need to get some fans in those seats. But this is your moment. Top five team that's definitely beatable coming into your house for a big Friday night matchup. Now, it's not quite a Saturday night matchup. You're not going to get all those recruits in, but you have to win this game. This has to be your moment. Now, if you come close and you fall short, I think a lot of Maryland fans will walk away saying they should have won the game. But... Hey, we were there. We were in it. That's a top five team. This is a game you have to at least compete in, if not win. I do think Maryland will win the game, but this is a big moment for your program if you want to take that next step and really put on your big boy pants this year. Yeah, I think there's a huge, huge difference between either coming up short and losing and actually winning the game. Because like you were talking about, the fans, they might say, oh, we should have won. We were right there and take away positives from this game. But a win would go so far. And you can look at the head of the schedule. Yeah, we have Ohio State. Maryland has Ohio State in a couple of weeks. But if you're just focusing on this game, coming out with a win against Iowa, a top five ranked team, would be a huge, huge confidence booster. And just something for this program, another big building step. 
And I think, as you were saying, Iowa is a very beatable team. Sure, they have some weapons on offense. Spencer Petros, he's he's a good quarterback, but there are ways to beat this team, and I, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, and and Jack, I think one way to put it and one way that resonates with both you and I at, at our age and being college-aged people is if Mike Loxley walks into my living room and I'm a top-tier football recruit in the Maryland area, which means every school across the country is after me because this is a really sought-after area uh, that we grew up in, if I'm at that level and Coach Loxley or, or Coach Stewart or Coach Enos is talking to me and they're saying, hey, come out to a game and you'll see you know, what Maryland's like in, in a big game atmosphere. And the recruiting pitch when they get smacked is, hey, you can change this for your hometown. And obviously I'm somebody that's definitely biased and would buy into that. But as somebody that's not, the difference, suddenly all the tone changes with the recruiting, with what you can say, with your game day atmosphere. You can say, hey, you can come here. This is your hometown. This is your school. And you can be part of a team that just beat a top five team at home. And you storm the field and it's a huge party. And, and that's what you want to see. And suddenly your whole pitch can change to these kids. You can say, you can come here and you can win now. It's not, you're no longer selling the future. You're selling now. And that in itself is powerful enough to change the entire trajectory of this program, even though it's going in the right way. Getting wins like this, wins like Coach Friedgen used to have, that will turn your program around in the snap of a finger of the way Mike Loxley is recruiting instead of over the next 10 years. You know, this... These games, and they have a lot of opportunities every year, these change where you're going this next recruiting cycle. you got to win games like this if you want to recruit. Last year they did. They beat Penn State on the road. That counted. they got to find that win this year, and I think it's going to happen for them on Friday night. And then maybe they got to roll on and win next Saturday. I mean, the way you're looking around this Big Ten right now, there's no team that I think will automatically blow Maryland out this year. It's a completely different landscape than it usually is. Yeah, and kind of moving on to the keys of how they can get it done this weekend is I, this game is not going to be a shootout. It's going to be Maryland's ability to not stall in the red zone, pick your points, and find the end zone. Iowa's a great defensive squad. They've always been a good defensive team. I think the total over-under is set at 47.5, somewhere around there. It's definitely it not going to be a shootout. So Maryland definitely has to capitalize on their opportunities, especially – short field, play the position, play the field position. They just have to be able to capitalize and make plays. Leah has shown through four weeks that he has the ability to make plays, scramble out of the pocket, and they and they have the receivers and, and all the position players to be able to do that. So I'm just interested to see if in this big environment they can actually put the pieces together and find a way to come out with the win. Well, instead of going with the keys this week, Jack, I kind of want to talk about a couple of other key points coming into the game, and then we'll actually talk about what needs to happen in the game. You just mentioned one of them. What is your mindset? This is that, like I've said a, probably five or six times already, if you want this to be your moment, your defining moment, especially to the guys like Demas, Daryl Jones, Jay Sean Jones that have been around for a while, if you want this to be that jump moment for them where they say, hey, we came here and we took this program to the next level, there's a lot riding on that for these guys, and you know that's going through their head. What happened two years ago? What's happened every big moment they've got, they've dropped the ball. You got to have that step-up athlete, true athlete, true winner mindset that Mike Loxley talks about and Ryan Davis talks about. 
you have got to challenge yourself going into this game and say, hey, this time we're going to make that big play happen. We're not going to let it happen to us. We're going to go out. We're going to be the aggressor, and we're going to win. I think that mindset has got to be in the heads of guys like Demas, Leah. Your big players have to have that ability that they believe with all their heart they can win this game, which I don't think is very far off the truth. Actually, I don't think it is at all. I think if they make the right plays, they'll win this game, and they can win it by a lot. And then kind of going into the game, once you establish that mindset, if they're able to, and the coaches drive home that point of what you need to do right to win this game, the first drive for both Maryland on defense, offense, and not making a mistake on special teams are huge. Having this game, Maryland either being up 7-0 or the game being tied at zero after both teams have the ball or tied at seven or tied at three, tied or winning, is really, really big for Maryland in this game. You cannot go down and get down early to an Iowa team that has a dominating defense and can really run the ball and eat the clock very, very quickly. Those are their goals. The first drive that Maryland gets the ball is my biggest key to this game. Can they put together that scripted drive that's looked so beautiful at points this year, and can they put points on the board and get all of the momentum going in their direction? Yeah, and even talking about the mindset, it's if – Worst case scenario, after those couple drives, they are down 7 nothing. It's not to hit the panic button. They need to come back with another good offensive drive and try and bounce back. It, and they showed that against Illinois. They have the ability to do that. Obviously, everyone knows who knows football. Going against a big team in, the, in a big game is way different than anything that this Maryland team has faced this season. So it's going to be different. But they've shown the ability to do that, and I believe that they can if they are put in that situation. It will just be a way different situation this Friday. And I think that's the importance, whether the environment's the same, home or road. The importance of that Illinois game, you're right, Jack. They've been in that moment where it's tough, it's challenging. You fumble the ball a couple of times. The ball's literally bouncing the wrong way for them in that Illinois game. But they got up and they, they punched back. You know, they hit back. They won the game. They got two sacks in a row, and they they came away with the win. So they've already spoken to their ability to respond this season, but it's putting it together in front of your crowd because people are going to be at this game that aren't expecting much, that are expecting them to come out and lose. And you know what? The second that it starts going wrong, the crowd's going to go flat. I mean, I think we all know that. that. That's just the atmosphere at Maryland. That's the threads that are out there about how battered a Maryland fan you are that have been seeing this last week. You know, people are not really expecting that they're going to fall apart in this game, but if they start to fall apart, that will be the the vibe in the stadium. I think that's pretty clear. And how you respond to that and how you make that next play is, is really the challenge of playing football or any sports, making the next play, keeping your mind clear and, and you know, showing your abilities on the field, but getting into my, keys to the game. My first key, I just said it the first drive of the game. My second key is, can you keep your interior, your second level, your B team interior alignment? Can they stop the run? Your tank bookers, Greg Rose. um, Maybe we see some of the freshmen like Taz Johnson in there. Can those interior alignment compete at this big 10 level? Cause we know Mokite, Sam O and Ami Finau can, but can your Deshaun Holtz, Greg Rose, Damian Robinson, Damian Robinson, Uh, Can those guys stop the Iowa rushing attack? That's my second key, and I'll throw out one more for you. Can Maryland stay away from pass interference in the deep ball in this game? Spencer Petras, last week, I was talking to the Iowa guys last night. They think they found a little deep ball connection uh, with Petras. Can Maryland 
especially corners like Kenny Bennett, limit how many deep balls Iowa is able to compete because complete because you know they're going to go out there and they're going to try them to just try and jumpstart that offense. Jack yeah, York. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is last week against uh, Colorado State, Iowa was able to push the ball down the field on these long plays, and that that was going to be one of my keys. Is can Tarheep still and this this the defensive back unit keep the keep the ball in front of them and keep players in front of them, not let these long plays happen, which can dramatically shift the game. And Spencer Petras has found found a targets down the field. Like Ty, Tyrone Tracy Jr. is a perfect example, or Keegan Johnson actually. That's my fault. He last week against Colorado State twice had big receptions for I think an average of 50 yards on both plays, and it dramatically shifted the game. It was it enabled them to come back and and flip the switch on that game. And they Iowa was losing. That's what we we've been talking about over the past couple of minutes. This Iowa team is a very beatable team. It's just can Maryland find a way to get to get the ball down the field and also keep the ball in front of them. That that's the key for me. Well, another place where you have to look at the Hawkeyes as a strength is up the middle. Their middle linebackers, Benson, Campbell, uh, Jacobs, this group of guys of linebackers that they have are all NFL-level players. Um, last night, again, talking to the to the Iowa folks that I did talk to, they have about four NFL linebackers, which you kind of expect out of an Iowa team. And can Maryland move them the way they've been able to move the linebackers from West Virginia? Can they trick the eyes of the safeties of Iowa? Iowa plays disciplined Iowa football. That is a brand of football that Iowa Minnesota had it going for a second. Wisconsin has it going, but that discipline, hard work, defensive lineman, it's not pretty. They want to keep the game low scoring, run the ball a ton. Iowa is in that category of team, and Maryland hasn't beaten many of those teams if you look at their record over time. But can the big plays happen for Maryland in the right way? And then when there is play action, can they keep the discipline on Maryland's side? Can they do the same things that the Iowas of the world do? Can Nick Cross and Jordan Mosley stay in the right position, had the correct eye discipline. Can Ruben Hippolyte, and maybe we'll see Brandon Jennings coming off that injury game time decision. I highly doubt he plays. Can Amon McCullough, who can fill that role for Maryland? And can they keep their discipline up? Can they continue to fill the gaps, do their job and make things happen the right way? I think this, again, is a big test to Maryland's mental ability as a football team to keep doing it right even when it gets tough because you know Iowa is going to make it tough and you have to have that in the meeting rooms and as a team this week saying this is going to be a tough game. You said it yourself, Jack, low scoring, Big Ten football. That's what you're getting this weekend. And you know what? That's a lot going against Maryland, but I still think they take away this game. I think they make one extra play. And and I think guys like Demas and Jarrett can make it happen against Iowa the same way that Diggs and Will, Will likely did the last time the Hawkeyes came to College Park and Maryland came away with the victory. Yeah, one last key that I forgot about earlier is when I was I was watching that Colorado State Iowa game, Iowa plays a lot of two deep safety looks. So it's going to be on Leah to, with his eyes, move those safeties and find the right guy who's open. And it's going to be a bunch of tight windows. So he's going to have to step up and make those plays. And he he's shown he can. So I I, I don't doubt that he can. It's just going to be going to be on him. And I I think he can do it. All right, and I want to go over one last thing, Jack with you, which is this will be the last time that Maryland, if they come away with the win, I believe has beaten a top 10 team since Jack, what'd you say? 2004 Florida state. Yeah. That was the last time actually they've beaten a top five team. 
top five team. Yeah, I think the last time Maryland beat a top 10 team was 2007. So a lot of uh, good progress could made as a program to say that Maryland's back if they win this game, as I'm sure all of our listeners know. And, and Jack, I think it's prediction time. The Terps bouncing between a four and a half and three point underdog at home against the Hawkeyes. A uh, crowd of about 50,000 is expected. Shouldn't be a huge Iowa presence there, but you know the Hawkeyes fans do travel well. And the over-under set at about 47, 47 and a half, Jack. Uh, let's hear your predictions. What do you think happens for the Terps on Friday night? Yeah, I'm going to go with a Maryland win, 27 to 24. As we've been saying, I think Leah and this offense is going to make the right plays, make the plays in timely positions and get the job done. And in the fourth quarter, it's when the game is going to be decided, in my opinion. And I think I think Leah's going to make the right plays and, and get the job done. What about you, Mason? So I gave some crazy predictions on the podcast that I was on last night, and I will stick with them. I think this is a crazy win for Maryland. I think Leah throws two interceptions or more in this game. Maryland races out to a 21 to nothing lead over Iowa. Iowa gets it back, uh, takes the lead in the fourth quarter. Maryland finds a way to score one more touchdown, a miracle win for the Terps, 28-24, which means I'm taking the over and the Terps uh, on the spread. I've not been uh, the best at picking Maryland games throughout my life, but you know what? I really think Maryland's got the good mojo going. I think they pull it off in front of in front of a pretty, well, I think will definitely be a raucous crowd, especially if they get it going right early. And hey, we see a storm the field win at Maryland for for football in the first time. And man, that's taking it way back, like 2008 when they beat North Carolina at home and like 40 fans storm the field. I mean, it's been a long time since Maryland's had a win like this. And really, Jack, the only time I think was close was when they played Clemson on homecoming in the first year of Randy Etzel, and they were beating Taj Boyd Clemson like 42 to 17, and they managed to lose by like 17 points. I mean, yeah, that's the last time I can think of them getting close. Yeah, you see it a lot with the basketball team, so hopefully football team can make some noise and, and get a field rush. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice, and if you can make it out to the game, I highly encourage you can. Maryland has eased some of their um well jack i'll take one last opinion from you what is your opinion of the call to go virtual or recommend to go virtual after two o'clock then reverse that decision and now finally come to i mean what is the last recommendation from the school the last thing that i heard was that all classes are online or recommended to be online as you said but I, the thing that I'm most confused about is the parking lots, which has caused a lot of commotion over the past couple of weeks. Apparently, the parking lots were tailgating. were supposed to open at four, and then it got moved back and moved forward. So now they're set to open at three. I don't know how everything They are set to open that, at three. Yeah, so I think the fans sort of got what they wanted, moving it a little bit earlier. So hopefully the fans get out, have, have a good tailgate before this big game. Yeah, and that was one thing that, and kind of going off topic of actual football, that was one thing that I think a lot of people found ridiculous, that they weren't going to open the tailgating lots till four. But when you look at College Park as a campus, and Jack, you'll have more knowledge of this, lot the football parking lots, the Xfinity Center parking lot, the Maryland Stadium parking lot, are packed with commuter cars and res. Is it also resident parking in both of those spots, too? 
I believe there is some resident parking, but it's a lot of commuter with, with classes and everything as well. Yeah, I mean, these are, they. it is a school and these are important things to the school, but this is a big event for the alumni and for the students at the school. So I'm happy that we got some pushback. You know, it was looking like they were going to do two o'clock and then they decided to do three. But in the end, Maryland somewhat gets, or the fans somewhat get what they want. Should be a great experience out there on Friday night. If you can make it, I highly encourage you to buy a ticket from Maryland. They're about the same price that they are on StubHub, support the university, help Maryland get close to a sellout. And, you know, Jack will be out there with the rest of the Turp Talk squad. I will not. I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks for a game, and I'll be at Columbus next week if they win this game. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, go Terps. Let's get it done, and let's have a big-time game day on Friday night.